Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Kanata. And I'm Margot Moss. Midnight Menu Plus One is a food lifestyle show on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com. Each week on Midnight Menu Plus One, Margot and I invite a member of New Orleans restaurant and food community to join us, and we invite them to bring along their own guest, a plus one. We never know who their plus one's going to be. Sometimes it's a friend, a neighbor, a family member, or a fellow restaurant colleague. And tonight, our special guest on Midnight Menu Plus One is Kevin White of Wayfair. And if you're hungry for more Midnight Menu Plus One, then we can dish up here. We have all kinds of extra stuff like recipes, guest gossip, sneak peeks into who's coming up next week, and much more on our website, itsneworleans.com. On itsneworleans.com, you can check out our blog, sign up for a newsletter, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Or you can just Google Midnight Menu Plus One and we come right up. Tonight's show is brought to us by our friends at Magic Box Toys. And also Petite Pet Care. If you need someone to look after your pet while you're at work or school, if your pet would rather stay home than go to a kennel or doggy daycare, Petite Pet Care has you covered. Loving care when you're not there, PetitePetCare.com. Magic Box Toys has a bunch of very cool and hip stuff, as well as the classics like Lego and Melissa and Doug. You can find them online at magicboxneworleans.com or in real life on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue. When you go to Magic Box Toys, you can experience the magic by telling them Ray and Margo sent you from Midnight Menu Plus One and get 10% off of everything in the store. That's a great deal. I'm really looking forward to talking with Kevin White tonight at Wayfair. Um, and, and we're going to do that in just a moment. Before we do, let's catch up on this week's culinary adventures. You eat anything worth reporting, Margo? Well, I had some things to report, and then it got uh, foggy after this evening's meal because I went to, I took some friends in from out of town, and uh, we went to Dante's Kitchen. Oh, I love that place. Oh, yes. Re- recent guest. Iman was on our show. And I had the... Um, marrow appetizer oh i've never had that how was that unbelievable cool. i almost picked up the plate and drank it it was like it it you know it's it can be kind of shocking when you see it come out but it was so delicious what was shocking so, about it well it's just you know you if you think about it you're eating the marrow out of a bone it's just you know it's yeah. kind of it can look a little intimidating. When you talk about marrow, usually it's like an organ transplant thing happening or whatever. <laughs> it's a medical <laughs> procedure. But this is a delicious uh, culinary experience. Yes, it was wonderful. So have you uh, had anything? Uh, I had a bunch of good meals this week, uh, and I'm looking forward to some really good ones this coming week. But um, the one that stuck out was my encounter with, um, with uh, the black and gold salad. I was, I was sitting out on the, on the uh, sidewalk in front of PJ's and Magazine, typing away on my laptop and all of a sudden uh, I look up and there's this uh, this um, uh, lovely woman standing over me and she uh, pulls out of her bag the salad and hands it to me <laughs> and, and uh, I'd skipped lunch so I was kind of hungry and then I open it up and the salad was unbelievable and it turned out to be Gia or one of our guests from uh, Green to Go one of the one of the great uh, salad pioneers of our city. People complain there's not enough salads available, and, and she, she does, delivers and it. She delivers them right to you. And this time she like I wouldn't even ask for it, and she delivered me a salad. Wasn't <laughs> that great? And it was it turned out to be a black and gold salad. It had chicken and uh, pineapple and uh, grilled like sweet onions, uh, big ones, and a special sauce. And it was it was. It was oh, and, and some brown rice on the bottom, and it was absolutely fantastic. It was the best salad I've had in a long time. It was great. 
Wonderful. Looks like our special guest is here, Kevin White of Wayfair, <laughs> one of my favorite places to eat. I know yours too. Margo, you and I got to eat there again last week together. It was a lot of fun. Glad you're here. Welcome. Uh, happy to be here. Thank you, Kevin. So I wanted to ask you, how did you get started in cooking? Well, <clears throat> in a sort of roundabout way. Very roundabout, actually. Um, I was in the Marine Corps. I was in the first Gulf War. And uh, upon return, my best friend and I were going to be opening a survival school. And we were short of funds. So we were going to take a year. What's, what is a survival school? Oh, like uh, living off the land, with the land. Whoa. Huh. Yes. So I did that for eight years in the Marine Corps, and I taught it. And we traveled around the world. And every time you go someplace, you teach survival techniques. So um, in case you get stranded, you're able to take care of yourself. So... Uh, we came so this is like drinking your own urine and like, you know, finding <laughs> shelter from the... Uh, but exactly. Really? Exactly. Except I didn't I made that no part up. No, Bear Girls does it or whoever that guy is. He okay. thinks it. But it, no, I did not do that. But uh, everything Rubbing else... Rubbing sticks together, that kind of thing, yeah. Is making, making fire. Making fires, for right. For sure. And everything that goes along with it just to live. So we came back and uh, we we're going to take a year to make enough money to get this thing rolling. And my sister was living in New York City at the time. And invited me there, and I love to cook. I, my family were great cooks, and uh, she said, why don't you go to school and you can make enough money to start your own school. So I went to school, did an externship with David Burke at Park Avenue Cafe, and fell in love with cooking, and I've uh, been doing it ever since. So that was your first experience in the culinary world, was cooking there? In high school, in high school, I did flip steaks at a place called Mr. Steak in oh. Youngstown, Ohio. And uh, but that wasn't real cooking as we know it today. So uh, but no, went to a very fine school and uh, learned all the classic techniques and food from around the world, actually. Huh. Now, how'd you how'd you end up in the Marines to begin with? Like, what was that like? Out of high school. All right. And uh, instead of college, I thought it'd be wise to um, settle down and get some discipline. And uh, I, and that's it. The Marine Corps seemed like the way to go. I had an uncle who was in World War Two. I respect it a great deal, and I thought. So how'd you get teaching like uh, survival techniques in the Marine yeah, Corps? That were you seems like pretty? Uh, were you like advanced. like somebody said, "Hey, anybody want to be dropped down in the middle of the woods <laughs> and see if they can survive for a month or something?" Like, how'd that happen? Um, <clears throat> you volunteered for this. I joined the Special Forces in the Marine Corps. It's called reconnaissance. Ah. So I was a recon Marine, and we work in small teams, four-man teams, and we our main mission is to gather information, reconnaissance, but uh, other tasks are required as well. But you get. You do get dumped out in the middle of nowhere, and you look for targets, or huh. just uh, report on troop movement and things like that. Yes. So, oftentimes they can't rescue you if you get caught up in things. So uh, that's where the survival comes in. You may have to live off the land for a few weeks. Now, and living off the learn? land, like in the middle of the wilderness, is one thing. Living off the land in the desert, like in Iraq, I would think that would be like. It's no? the greatest challenge. It's the greatest I mean, challenge. What do, you, what do you do with sand? There's only so much you can do with sand, right? <laughs> You'd be surprised. There's lots of little things out there you can eat and like find what? water. Like uh, there's critters, uh, snakes and bugs. And there's actually even out in the desert, especially in Kuwait, there were these agricultural farms. So you can sneak into these places. We used to hide in those places as well and um, gather information. But there's a lot of edible stuff there. Now, did you learn that... In the Marine Corps. In the, like, they have instru they, ha they, ha they instructed you on what to do before they dropped you off, right? Exactly. So, and 
you didn't have d- growing up in Ohio. You didn't have. I was very woodsy. I was very. I was a hunter okay. and fisherman. And okay. Oh no, I. I'm, so you I were love inclined the in that. Yes. Direction. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you can eat anything now, pretty much. Pretty if much. If you had to, I can. I mean, do. how many different and kinds do. of reptiles have you eaten? Probably. <laughs> you lost count many. a long time ago. <laughs> many. Is there <laughs> anything roadkill that, <laughs> that has happened? <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. In in uh, peacetime training. They starve you. You do these things. Uh, it's called SEER, su- survive, escape, resist, and evade. So they send you out in the woods, and you just go live. And it, actually, they try and hunt you down and capture you. So you have to go for like a week at a time, and um, it's training, just good training. People went bonkers sometimes, right? You probably had a couple of guys you're with that just went to, to get crazy, the and then you killed them and ate them. <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> I've never eaten a human, but I've always been interested um, <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> um, that this could segue my into our <laughs> breast milk conversation again no. well I was going to say is there anything you wouldn't eat did you say like, breast milk yes. yes please do you have any thoughts on breast milk it's the best milk in the world you thank you it? thank you oh, yes. <laughs> yes yes I had a thing for yes that for a while but I think for, for that. health <laughs> reasons or like a oh yeah health reasons yes I said if I didn't get that I'm going to die please no. come on bring it up <laughs> So, so my friend, my friends, my friends know this about me. So, huh. there's actually some ladies in France that make breast milk cheese. Thank you. <gasps> but I would like it fresh from the tap. I'm vindicated. Yes, that fresh is from the so tap. So amazing. <laughs> that is so amazing. I've actually never I tasted so breast milk in my life. Even as a baby, I was on formula. Oh. But in theory, I'm all for breast milk. I think I was weaned too early, and that's why I have this craving. Ah. Yes. And did it did it make you feel great? Great. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so if you could only eat if your last meal in life, maybe it would uh, you would. So pass I never thought that. about it, but now that's for sure. That's what I would have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I mean, like we drink cow's milk all the time and goat's milk and stuff, and this is much closer to the way you were created, right? You were created to have human milk. Exactly. Exactly. And it's actually, just the ick factor. Once you get past that, and you're past the ick factor because you're eating worms and snakes <laughs> and humans and everything in the wilderness, right? This so yes, yes. But it's actually the best milk. It has the highest fat content, and that's what makes it so flavorful and it's sweet. So <laughs> could we ever <laughs> see if you ever did your own thing? Would you put that on the menu? Would you ha- have breast milk cheese, or do you N- think New no, Orleans could no, handle it? No, only fresh from the tap. Only oh, fresh yeah. from the tap. No <laughs> cheese. No, no. Do is it an interactive restaurant? Do you get to <laughs> control the tap if, as the uh, customer? If I could do this, I would. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> Still warm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. It's yeah. room temperature. Why is this not? A, is this in the tour guides? I, I is this like this is an underground thing? I yeah. think it's underground. Yeah. It's underground. So where in France is that? Uh, I don't recall. Friends have told me about it, and I think you can you could Google it. I'm sure. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's completely thrown me off, but <laughs> maybe. So let's let's get to a little bit about um, where you are today. Okay. And. Um, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> is that all right? I because I, I would like to know. That's a very creative thing to drink breast milk, and I would like to know how that how that creativity comes into when you're creating a menu. Let's say for Wayfair. Um, yes. What that process is like, and and has anything ever been? Have you ever suggested you something that has been shot down because it was one <laughs> step away from breast milk? <laughs> uh, no, other than I, I have created some crazy sandwiches. We did like 
I don't know how many sandwiches she was part of this. Um, we did all these sandwiches. Lawn were really out there, and um, I, didn't, I wouldn't say they got shot down. They were just a little bit too difficult to create. So, and that's part of the business in any restaurant. You can't make things too complex unless you have an army, like a lot of fine dining places have. So you have to make it easy to recreate all the time. And you can't do it yourself. I can do more things with these than others can. So um, my hands. <laughs> <laughs> but, to clarify, because uh, people couldn't see you doing this. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and that's how the main menu is. We have the standing menu with 10 sandwiches, but then I do two or three special sandwiches and sliders every day. So um, that's where we have more fun. And they're a little more complex and they're more exciting. What's an example of a few of those? Like what? Oh, um, geez. The biggest one has been the uh, Portuguese, Portuguese Man of War, uh, which that, is what's that like? So um, it is a salt cod brandad cake um, topped with chorizo, um, fennel peppers and onions, kale chips, and uh, orange blossom honey butter, which wow. I make a lot of compound butters. I have like up to fifteen butters at a time in my walk-in, wow. and. Um, it's on samita bread, which is kind of like a coffee, Mexican coffee cake. Um, huh. It has sugar on top. So it's savory bread with sugar on top, and they make designs on it. So um, all that I just mentioned sits on that bread. It's, it's gorgeous. Sounds and it, divine. It, it, it eats very well. It's, I, How did I you sold miss it, that last week? Yeah. Actually, <laughs> Margo, what happened? I had it at uh, Po' Boy Fest. Oh. Actually, I started there, and then... So you invented it, it for Pole Boy Fest, and now you, now you carry it regularly in the restaurant? Yeah, uh, on occasion. On occasion, It comes around okay. once a month or every other month. I have, that sounds like I, a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So that's an example of one. And the other thing is it, good names, the Portuguese Man of War, because it's all the ingredients you find in Portugal. So that's uh, how that came about. Kale's very big, pork and the salt cod brandad. You know, they introduced the oh, world right, to right. salt cod brandad. Right. Or salt cod, I should say. Um, and, and then giving them the names... It's Portuguese Man War because of the ingredients, but also because it's a killer sandwich. You know. Ah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, thanks, thanks. And you know, I, I, I love to do that. Give names to sandwiches. I have uh, the Verve, which is uh, broccoli rabe or pini, which is bitter, and then there's sweeter things like peppers and tomatoes. So it's like a bittersweet symphony oh. of flavors. The Verve. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And do you, does it bother you that some people don't get it? They probably walk no, out and they, it, 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 it's it totally missed on them? It, it, it doesn't, doesn't bother me at all. I do talk to people and people ask me why I name. I have very regular crew guests these days, and they do ask, are more inquisitive about it. A lot of them do get it right off the bat. Others don't. But the verbs on our playlist cycle, and if you're eating a sandwich when it comes on, you get a free dessert. Ah. Oh, yeah. yeah, we have fun. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did you um, get to... Uh, Wayfair. I mean, mm. I'd like to know a little bit about your past, um, but and and how uh, uh, you briefly met the folks there. I spent ten years in New York City. Worked at a lot of fine dining places there. I worked with Mari Batali for two years, and a lot of other great places. Um, I moved here in two thousand one uh, to be with my brother, actually, and his family. He's a chief of cardiology at Auctioner, oh. and uh, actually, he's now chairman of medicine. He runs all the campuses. And um, so I just came to be with him, and New Orleans was a great food city, and I just fell in love with it. So I was here till Katrina, and I got wiped out. I was living off the of Esplanade by the track, uh-huh. and uh, ended up going to Seattle. And I spent five years in Seattle, and I became chef de cuisine of the Space Needle, 
So that oh, was cool. quite an adventure. And Seattle is gorgeous. Um, it was just named the Space Needle or really was the Space no, Needle? No, the Space Needle. The real Space Needle. <laughs> okay. It sounds like some place like you know, in Burbs, in the mall. <laughs> Call yourself the Space Needle. No, they make like, you know, they make Philly cheesesteaks and, and uh, hot dogs. No, yeah, it's not that. Uh, no, no. Like in the actual, the most iconic symbol of Seattle. It is. Wow. It is. Yes. It was that incredible. That is really interesting. And my second year there, it was actually, and people think it's very touristy, and it was, but they brought in a new chef and me. We turned the place around 2009. We got uh, restaurant of the year in Seattle, hmm. so it was pretty amazing. Amazing, it was amazing. Huh. So um, why would you leave that to come back to be with my brother? Just to be with your brother? Yes. Oh, wow. and friends. I have great friends here. I have uh, so well on my way. So back, basically, New Orleans was. You'd rather come to New Orleans and try out something new, not knowing what what the future held for you, rather than be the uh, you know a star in the food world in Seattle. Yes. Right, <laughs> I'm family trumps everything. John Milton um, said something about that one. Like, go ahead, yeah, serving in heaven or hell. Yeah, it's like, yes, no, but I'm not. No, I, I don't wanna, know what I'm you're not, talking I'm about. I'm not equating <laughs> Seattle with hell, but well, <laughs> I do want to equate New Orleans with heaven. Well, another, yeah. well, another important reason brought me back was a, a, a great friend of mine, my best friend for years. Ever since I came here, we worked in several restaurants together and actually opened uh, Galatoire's in Baton Rouge immediately after Katrina. Brian Landry of Bourne, um, yeah, great guy. Was opening Bourne. And asked me if I'd come help him do that. It was a monster to get started, and uh, it's he's doing wonderfully. He does great food. He's a great chef, and so I said I'll give you a year, and then I'm going to go do my own thing. And uh, I was looking and ran into the Arnonas, uh, who own Wayfair, and they had this crazy idea uh, to do what we're doing now because it's very unique and it's hard to give it a name. Even though I have thought of a name for it, I call it a. Uh, Dynamic sandwich brasserie. Ah. ah, that's the concept now because there's really nothing. Did you coin like that it. term? I just didn't. Just right now. Just now? <laughs> <laughs> it just came to you just now on our show. Another no, no, first on I our show. About, I thought oh. about it. Let's pretend no, like you just got it on our show. Right, though. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no one's no one's heard it though. I haven't told anyone. Now you're in the I space. Just, so wasn't that the old Fred Boxing uh, Gym? Yeah. Okay. I belonged correct. to that in 2010. And you guys opened in 2012. Yes. And it looks a little different now. <laughs> a lot. A lot. I saw, yes, I saw pictures of it before. I wasn't real familiar with it. There was no AC and yeah. no, nothing. Nothing, yeah. yeah. Vince Arnona did a tremendous job with the place. I mean, it's, it's gorgeous. It really is. Um, and I, there's uh, cured meat. Yes, in, I do all my own meats in-house now. There I are not too many places in New Orleans that cure their own meats in-house. Really, I mean, there's just a handful. There's a handful. Yeah. There's I mean, a handful. And I'm very fortunate. It took a year to get going. Um, yeah, it's a, lot of, it's a lot of work. It's very time-consuming and um, just difficult to do. But now I have more time, and I do it. Now, did you um, learn about that during your time with Mario Batali? I did. I learned, in sc- I learned in school, but... That's where it really came professionally was with Mario Batali, and that's when he f- was first starting to do his own charcuterie as well. So, yes, that's where I got my first taste and learned the basics. And what was that like to work with him? Uh, incredible. He's, he's a great guy, uh, the most knowledgeable man on Italian food there is, and uh, just very friendly, uh, great mentor, great teacher. Uh, I loved every minute with him as well. You stay in touch with him? No. 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 no we were friends, but not quite yeah. that close <laughs> <laughs> and you work what what did you do when you when y'all worked together what was uh, oh, what did that I, look like i was a cook i started at baba was kind of his flagship restaurant and then uh i was only there for a short time when they opened lupa and they lo- were looking for volunteers 
And there's a guy, I really wanted to cook pasta and learn how to cook pasta properly. It's truly an art. It's not, it's difficult actually to do it correctly. And um, I couldn't work the pasta station at Babo, so they said, if you go to Lupa, you can do the pasta. So that's why I went to Lupa. So, and he does fresh and dried pastas. And actually, a lot of Italians, including Mario, prefer dried pasta because they eat it every day. And it tends to get a little too, um, instead of eating really soft noodles, it's good to have that al dente pasta as well. You, you can only get from dried. Well, really wait, will you talk a little bit about that? What do you, we explain the difference between dried so, and... So fresh pasta, you're, you're never going to have, it's not going to have any toothiness. It's easy to chew. It's almost turns to mush. Mm-hmm. But with dry pasta, you can control what state you want it to be in. Right. And it just has, when you cook it perfectly, it just has a great texture. And it's more chewy than fresh pasta. So is it harder to cook it, to learn how to it cook is. it well, than to make it? And it's harder, it's, yeah, it's harder to cook dry pasta perfectly than fresh pasta. Uh, yes. Okay. Oh. There's more choice there's involved. Yes. Yeah, there's a point to it. Yeah, al dente to the teeth, basically. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's supposed to feel a resistance. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Yeah. So have you been uh, inspired to move on and open I mean not not now but we don't we have New Orleans Italian food here but have you ever been thought about doing an Italian restaurant I have I have and I would love to do that I actually have many ideas and uh, the owner and I actually talk about it uh, all the time even a second wayfair but we think about doing it a regular fine dining restaurant and it could be Italian he's Italian so he'd love that Uh, so um, it it can happen you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I, uh, I'm from New York originally and then the burbs of it and, and grew up in an Italian family, Italian neighborhood. Uh-huh. And uh, when I go back, everyone always wants me to go to all these great restaurants and I always insult them and annoy them because I, I refuse to do that because I can have great, I can have pretty much all the other great food down here in different forms. But it's red sauce Italian that I want to have every single meal when I'm up there. And I'm not picky. I mean, I'll go to pizzerias and whatever uh-huh. because I crave it so much. And there's so few of those down here. And Boy, you know, if you're thinking about a second, third, uh, you know, venture or whatever, that definitely want to put that on your radar. It's funny. I grew up because in a I think it would thrive here. I, I agree. Agree. I, I grew up in a small town, a uh, huge Italian community, and all our neighbors were Italian. And my mother wasn't a great cook when she first started, but she became a great cook. But she learned from all these Italian ladies, and she really outdid them. And when we moved, they were asking her for her recipes and how really? she made her sauce, how she made. She had the best meatballs, the best, all that good stuff. So, yeah. And that's why I really, and I used to right, honor your mom, it. open up an Italian <laughs> yes. place. Yeah. But let me ask you, I, I know we, we got to move on, but I, I'm just, your, your mom was not a great cook when she started out. And then she was, but she'd never been taught. Never. She had a great palate and great creativity as well. Okay. That's what I was going to ask mm-hmm. you. How and then she, began, she evolved to. So she learned to cook the basics and then she got into Julia Child big time watching it and reading it uh-huh. and she would cook it's almost like julie and julie the movie she would cook different yeah. dishes out all the time which my father hated because he just liked meat and potatoes but mom was doing <laughs> we were doing seafood crepes and all sorts of interesting things and that's when i really got interested in cooking as well but so she inspired you oh, from a very young much, age very much mm-hmm. that's beautiful and my grandmother was a great old school cook biscuits and all that stuff as well so very americana well, we see your plus one is here. Why don't you introduce him to us and tell us why you brought him and your relationship? This is my great friend, Mikey Couste. He brought me because I bring drinks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I brought him because no one else would come. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Mike was one of my first best friends when I first moved here. Actually, Brian Landry, uh, Mike, another guy, Nick Angler, and I opened um, Renee Bistro. 
So 2001. That, 2001. Oh. And he came with Nick. Nick came to get a job, and Renee talked him into the interview. Cooking. I wasn't interview. even gonna interview. I was just there because Nick needed uh, somebody to 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 ride with him down there. He was really nervous. And Renee saw me, and he said, "You have on chef pants. You come inside." I said, "No, no, I'm okay, <laughs> chef. I'm good. I have a job. I'm happy here." And he goes, "No, you come inside." And uh, yeah, that's where we met. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. That's yeah. where. That's where, uh, that's where we were. Y'all met. Yes. Yeah. And he couldn't cook any. No, no. He still can't. No, I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> the coat is it's all an act. It's a marketing ploy, really. Yeah. Well, what do you do? The ladies love the coat. They the do. A man in uniform. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm a consultant chef, so I jump around quite a bit. I actually quit my job uh, with a grocery company that I won't mention because they banned me from all 38 of their stores. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was very proud. Wow, <laughs> how do you get yourself banned from 38 stores? It was easy. Stores? It was easy. Well, okay. So at Whole Foods, I was known as Mike the Poacher because I helped take 14 or 15 cooks in one day. So whenever I left this, la- well, this is actually three jobs ago now. Whenever I left them, they banned me because they were afraid I was going to recruit. Oh, they didn't want you coming around. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And uh, if they're listening, I will. I've already <laughs> gone. It's going to happen. Those are my cooks. They're coming with me. You'd be like a card counter. You come in in, uh, in, in disguise. They don't know. I went straight in just to see if they would test me on it, and they let me through the door, and I pointed at two cooks. And then I pointed to the door. They met me outside, and they quit that day. One of them went to go work for Kevin White at the Wayfair. That was Ben uh, V. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I never knew how to say his last name. Victoriano. There it is. <laughs> Speaking of names, uh, Dan, is that your husband? Uh-oh. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Daniel. Just sure. Daniel. Yeah. Oh, Dan. Danny. Yeah. Daniel. Okay. Why? You I was were just doing some research on me? No, no, no. <laughs> I met him, actually. He tried some of my food at Rook Cafe. I make these uh, gluten-free frittatas. Yes. Oh, I, you're a cafe, too. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I love I, the place. Well, I, I'm a, I, I write a lot, and yeah. that's where I retire to when I'm not in the kitchen. I'm hanging out there. Ah. And I kept hearing people, because my headphones were broken, I kept hearing people at order uh, or ask for gluten-free stuff, and they didn't have any. So I'm always looking to fill a void that a restaurant has. I know some people have fought me on gluten-free in the past. I'm not looking at the Wayfair guys <laughs> at all. But uh, we, yeah, carry, it, we carry gluten free. You do, you mm-hmm. do, and I'm glad that was yeah. a good idea. Oh, we sell it all the time. There are gluten free bread. Oh, ton, there's tons of gluten free people out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, but yeah. I didn't realize. Uh, oh, we so have y'all it. have. Oh. Yeah. Excellent. I and I accidentally dated uh, two <laughs> celiacs, so <laughs> gluten free became important to me because I love these women, and um, so I learned a lot about gluten free cooking, and that's why I have a website and the chain restaurant I'm about to do is going to be heavily involved in gluten-free stuff oh wait what, what are you about to do i'm about to open up a chain of restaurants oh wow yeah. wait you, can start you, you already know it's going to be a chain oh yeah yeah no you gotta have an exit strategy if you have a business plan and you don't know the next step it's not a business plan we're gonna do i've already got three locations picked out and they're they're asking for me so i'm gonna do that cheers <laughs> wow, tell us about it i just did <laughs> that's all i can say that's all i can say um but are there spoons in your pocket? Every round man carries utensils. I brought <laughs> snacks. We're going to be talking about food for a while. I is that what those we'll little pockets yeah, are yeah. for? Is for utensils? Uh, usually me, people uh, will use great. Sharpies and all. I stole these from you, by the way. That's fine. And the plates are from uh, Rook Cafe. This <laughs> is <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. So uh, poacher could mean a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I Doesn't usually just poach souls. I just take <laughs> people and I bring them with me. So that's what I do. Oh, I thought you meant time. you suck the soul out of them. No, you Eventually don't. I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's after they work for me and I, I've had enough, that's what I do, yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, tonight I just brought some. Uh, this is from Whole Foods. I will advertise for them because they treat you, me well. I thought well. you were banned from them. Not them. No, that's another place. Oh, I thought he you were said from Whole Foods. <laughs> it, He's it not ran, saying yeah, the name it of rhymes the place. With bouses, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the guy's name, the guy that banned me, it, it rhymes with Scott Miller. <laughs> 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 he loves me. So yeah, uh, this is just a chorizo. I, I consider that a compliment, oh. though. I'm just dropping my phone. I, uh, yeah, this is a chorizo with a fresh-made guacamole from Travis Foster. He's my sous chef for life. Together, we are known as Travike. We were combined <laughs> in some girl's horrible nightmare of a dream, I guess. Did, and, uh, you, did you get along with Craig when you were at Rouse's? Craig, why are these falling apart? Mm-hmm. This is garbage. Look, that's for y'all. I'm not <laughs> even hungry. Um, <laughs> Craig, which one? Craig G. I can't say his last name. It's uh, unpronounceable. <laughs> Sounds familiar. He's nah. the guy that was at uh, Janita's, and he was at, um, he, he, uh, let's see, he was at, um, he bounced around a lot. Did see, a lot of great things. I'm a big fan of Dale Carnegie, and I try to remember people's, people's <laughs> names, but okay. I'm also a big fan of, uh, what's his name, Hunter S. Thompson. So <laughs> I'm not all there. So you work hard at forgetting people. Exactly, things. exactly. It actually comes easy. Or play hard <laughs> Effortlessly, I forget things. Uh, I do a lot of party. But yeah. So what's next? <laughs> Y'all eat. I'm, I'm actually good. Okay. Oh, you don't trust my food? You're not no. eat in front of them? No, I don't eat my own food. <laughs> See, I'm just Wait, the opposite. Let me ask you, the, speaking of when you create a, a, a dish, Yes. Uh, by the time you serve it, mm-hmm. are you sick of it? I mean, do you no. have to try things I, a million times? I do. I do. And actually, I got quite heavy during test kitchen. Uh, <laughs> we ate lots. Those were fun days. <laughs> Those were fun days. And, and I quit uh, my job just to do that with you. It yeah, was a lot of yeah. fun. Um, I quit a job just to hang out in test kitchen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got paid it's, food. <laughs> and I, I do love eating, of course. And I can eat tons. And I got a question. Yes. Do you hate your own food? What? <laughs> I think that's part no, of what I makes either. me okay no, at I, what I do. I'm I hate no. my food, so I'm always trying to make it better. I'm just, I, like, I bash on it. That's perverse. Uh, yes. I guess. Yes. I don't know what that word means. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's the way I've always been. Like, I'll cook it, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's piss. Enjoy. <laughs> and then I'll eat a little bit, and I'll go chain smoke. Yeah. That's the way I've always felt about my own food. Huh. I no, I, I actually love my own food. I'm jealous. And uh, well, yours I, is better than mine. <laughs> but I'll get there. I'll get there. But no, I I love I eat it every day, all day, and I don't get nice. tired of it. And I create my own sandwiches, and a lot of the sandwiches, the specials I was talking about, come from my cravings. And I do these arancinis and meat pies. I know you're familiar with, mm-hmm. and it's very global. And I've always loved global cuisine, and uh, so I'll make. These arancini, for example, that they're a staple that changes pretty much daily. Um, so arancini uh, means little orange in Sicilian, and it's because what they do, and it's amazing the similarities among uh, cuisines and cultures. They take their leftover risotto and whatever scraps they have, and they fold it into their risotto, uh, bind it with egg and breadcrumb, and usually Parmesan cheese and make balls, bread it, and fry it, and they become snacks or appetizers. So instead of just doing Italian arancini, I do samosa arancini, onigiri arancini. Um, onigiri? Onigiri Oni- is... Oh, like Japanese? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. Japanese onigiri, but I make it into... I use risotto, and that's the great thing about uh, onigiri is that's, they take their leftover sushi and make onigiri. Mm. So the Italians and Japanese have the same thing going on, and uh, I believe Indians do something similar as well. Um, so 
it's, it's just great fun and that's when I say I crave and get hungry for any kind of food I usually ends up in the form of uh, uh, arancini or in a meat pie or and the reason for the meat pies as well is it's not your classic Natchitoches meat pie I take fillings again from around the world and just have fun just have fun now how um are you influenced by other places? Have you traveled, or do you just read about places and, 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 and try the spices? Or? Both, both. I've traveled extensively, and um, I have over 600 cookbooks now, so oh. I read constantly and uh, so study, jealous. and I have magazines dating back to the, uh, I, I think I have every Savoir ever made, uh, <laughs> put out there, and same with most other food magazines. So after a while, can you like read a cookbook and kind of taste it as you're reading it? I mean, like, no, I, I, <laughs> is that is, you have that ability? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. So you That's can combine that. That it, uh, we're on. We're linking <laughs> up tonight because I was going to ask. Um, now, can you come up with something totally never been done bizarre either. and and have an idea of what it's going to taste like? And it happens all the time, all the time. And you're right. But, no, you I'm, ever I, dead wrong. Yeah, has oh. you ever made something that was like you, you expected for it to taste sure one way it and it tasted t- something different? The, the but it was good. It, but it was still good. It's still, still good. good. Yeah, right. yeah. Hey, I waste nothing. It's uh, <laughs> it, wow. it, it, I, I sold it. Yes, but no. Usually, it's pretty right on. You should start a survival theme restaurant. <laughs> you know, you could only only serve like roadkill and like you know beasts of whatever they're called. Like you know, when you're domesticated animals. To, to me, uh, an amazing someone that can really cook is someone like that. And breast milkshakes. Yes, um, but my brother can come into my oh, I refrigerator. Like I want y'all to open this. It's a. a He'll come into my refrigerator and I'll have tons of shit rotting or like going, you know, like I don't know how to use an ingredient for several days. You know, like so I'll, I'll have something, I'll make a great meal, but then I'll have things that go to waste. So I would love and my brother comes in and he'll like pull things out and create something. That could be a TV show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Salvage or something like, you know, kitchen salvage, whatever. Kevin Salvaging comes the, into yeah. your house. Mm-hmm. With Mike, and he maybe Mike's a little uh, <laughs> hates himself about what you're creating, but then I mean, I he could I, turn I think like the wilted cabbage into kimchi. Yes, <laughs> you know? that, that, like that to right? me is a real gift to be able to combine things and uh, on the fly mm. or just that's creative, right? Mm. I mean, that is that exciting to you? And very, and it's one of the main reasons I do what I do, and especially at Wayfair. I mean, that was and Vince. The owner allowed me to do whatever I want to do, and that's why everything is mine. Everything's from scratch as well, which I don't know if everyone knew that or not, but everything's made in-house. So how many – tell us some – I know a lot is made, but will you tell us a a list of – Well, like, we serve so many (laughs) – yeah, (laughs) we serve so many sandwiches. Like, we make our own mayonnaise, so I make – I don't know how many gallons of mayonnaise a week. Twenty. I mean, it's it's incredible. Twenty gallons. It's Let's see. In, that's like a drum. It's right? incredible. It's a, incredible amounts. Yeah. But I like have. A, that's like a you know I mean like a oil drum. <laughs> but yeah, all, all my sandwiches get different mayonnaise. Well, for the ones that do get mayonnaise, and then there's special mayonnaises, and then there's. Um, I just one of the things. I hate mayonnaise. I despise it. It's my it's you my least tried. favorite yeah, thing on the planet. Yeah, but homemade mayonnaise. Have no. you ever had homemade? I, I mean, yeah, it no, is. 
I, but I was going to say, but like when 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 you can do something creative with it, I can be I can be won over. But then it's not really like mayonnaise anymore. <laughs> well, what do you hate about mayonnaise? I'm sorry. Oh, well, this is about Ray. It's not like breast milk. I mean, I yeah. Food on your face. Yeah, viewers can't tell. Um, all right, no, uh, never mind. Anyway, so you make lots and lots of mayonnaise. Yep, yeah, I do. I do. I mean, I liked, I've liked. By the way, I've liked every single thing I've ever had at Wayfair. I've been there about a dozen and times. I've never had any. Thank you, you so make much. Compound butters. But I make medjool date butter. I make, um, geez, guava butter. I'm serving guava butter today. Um, peppers. I see you I make. Pe- I make pepper jelly. I make um, the meats. If you don't talk about the meat, we talked about the meat. Well, you were dr- you were uh, next door at the uh, acquiring we, ingredients. That's what yes. I was doing. He was making the chorizo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Recently, just served uh, Steen's butter. I do a oh. I do a uh, sandwich called the Beauregard, which is made with sweet potatoes. Beauregard sweet potatoes. Oh. Yeah. Nice. So that's the name of the sweet potato. So nice. it's an easy easy name, and uh, it comes with. Uh, Pecans, caramelized onion. I serve it on a raisin brioche, and I spread the outside with uh, regular butter, and the inside gets Steen's butter. It's very buttery, it's very yeah. tasty, and it gets mild provolone and mild cheddar as well. It's a very tasty, popular sandwich. Wow. Yeah. I want to get back to the mayo for a second. Sure. Can you yeah. explain to Ray how mayo is made? Yes. Because I think he would really appreciate I, it, mo- if even I, more. I'm not going to be responsible if I throw up while he's describing <laughs> You will not throw I mean, I it's, it so very, bad. it's very easy. It's uh, Worst two things in the world, hot dogs and mayo. The worst thing would be a hot dog <laughs> with mayo. <laughs> that would be the worst ever. But go ahead. No, it's really good. If I was king, I'd ban it. <laughs> Except for you. You would get a, you would get a, uh, you get an injunction, you know, you, you would have a, a reprieve from that. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I'm voting for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, oh, it's basically just start with, it, it's very simple, mustard, Dijon, or whatever you prefer, and uh, egg yolk, and a little lemon juice. And then you add oil to that, and you, do, you can either whisk it by hand, it's very simple, or you can, I make, I do it in a large uh, Hobart mixer, and uh, you drizzle oil into that, and it'll just start to, it, what it does it emulsifies and becomes homogenous and you um, just keep adding oil and then season it salt and pepper and I usually put lemon z- zest in it as well and then I make a very thick mayo it's like the kupi mayo in Jap- Japanese eat a lot because oh. I add things like salsa verde uh, spicy like sriracha and other liquids so it becomes a more pliable uh, mayonnaise so it's very thick to start with but then when I add ingredients to it it, it thins it out a little bit but it looks like just regular mayo, except colorful. It's oh. green, and red, and yellow. Unbelievable. Yes. Mm-hmm. That sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm changed. <laughs> Converted. It's like a mayo altar call. Well, well y'all, um, coming up, we're going off the menu, and we're going to ask you a couple of questions you wouldn't be asked at a culinary school or in a job interview, <clears throat> at least not a job you'd want. Maybe okay. Mike would want it, but I'll I don't. Take what I can get. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but before we get to that, I'd like to take a moment to thank Petite Pet Care for the support of Midnight Menu Plus One. The folks at Petite Pet Care understand that when you're at work or school, um, some pets are fine going to kennel or doggy daycare, but others prefer the comfort of their own home. If you need someone to give your pet loving when you're not there, and you can find Petite Pet Care at PetitePetCare.com. 
Thanks also to our friends at Magic Toy Box, a toy store with toys for. Did I say something wrong? I did say I said it's supposed to be Magic Box Toys. Let's back up. I did it last week too. Thanks also <laughs> to our friends at Magic Box Toys, a toy store with toys for everybody, from infants to grandparents. You can find them online at MagicBoxNewOrleans.com. That's MagicBoxNewOrleans.com. They're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and <laughs> Pinterest. And if you go visit. Magic Box Toys on Magazine Street in Uptown. Tell them Ray and Margo sent you, and you're going to get a 10% off of everything in the store discount. That's great. That author is good. That offer is good right now through the end of May. So drop into Magic Box Toys and experience the magic for yourself. Also on Magazine Street, after you enjoy yourself shopping at uh, Magic Box Toys, head on down to Monkey Hill Bar. Happy hour is every weekday from 3 to 8 p.m. $3.50 well drinks and $1 off beer, wine, and signature cocktails. Okay, so as we promised, we're going off the menu with our special guests, Kevin White and his plus one, Mikey Couste. And we're going to ask you each a question you wouldn't normally be asked in culinary school. Why don't you go first, Mario? Oh, okay. So, can, can I interject? Yes, please. Uh, Wayfair has happy hour seven days a week from four to seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's an excellent. Are they a sponsor? Wait. No, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to forget. I didn't want to forget. I didn't want to Four to seven uh, happy hour? Every day. And what does that what does that do for you? Oh, you get half off everything. Half off everything. Pretty, pretty, much. Half pretty off much. Everything. Pretty much. The food too? From four to seven. Uh, not all. No, no. Just appetizers like meat pies and arancini. It's a great place. We have 30 craft beers. Many of them are unique. We're the only ones that have them in the city. Wow. So a lot of folks come over happy hour loving our beers and eating arancini. I make a lot of spicy ones as well, so they want to drink more beer. But, uh, yes. Don't give away the secret. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Margo. Okay. What's your question? You go first. You ask no, Mikey you first because I'm, um, I, I, I had a question. And I am having a hard time finding it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mikey, what celebrity would you like to be a personal chef for? Uh, Who would you most like to cook cook, uh, cook a few meals celebrity. for? Um. <laughs> Whispering is allowed. We're talking Scarlett Johansson. That's what you're thinking. No, I, I, I want to do other things to her. Uh, he didn't say whose breast milk would you Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Back to the breast milk. No, I, I don't want to cook for her. There's other things I'd like to do for her. Um, I, I guess, honestly, it would be Alton Brown. Oh. Uh, I learned more from Kevin White than I did any teacher, any chef, or any TV show. Um, and that's why I like hanging out with him in bars. I learned a lot in bars from him, actually, just <laughs> talking about food. But uh, Alton Brown, I did get to meet once, and I thanked him, and, and you know, said I learned more from you than I did from all my teachers, and he said, well, you should have dropped out of school and watched me, and I said, well, I did. <laughs> said, Thank you. I owe you some money, actually. <laughs> uh, so I would love to cook for him and uh, show him what I learned from him and my twist on it, you know. Ah. So that's my answer. Very good. All right. All right, Kevin. Yes. Um, <clears throat> which mainstream kitchen contraption do you wish was never invented? Mm. Oh. oh, that's a good question. Um, mainstream. Okay. Uh, it would have to be something to do with molecular gastronomy. <laughs> 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 um, I, I mean, the world can live without sous vide. 
I mean, yeah. I don't hate any of this stuff. I, 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 I use it, but it's unnecessary. So I'll go with that because I lack of better Okay. All right. Answers. Yeah. Never cooked that's with that. a deep that's answer. Yeah. I guess you don't do it much. That's why I don't know anything I, about sushi. I do now. Okay. Well, <laughs> we got to. And what and talk. what what does that do? It saves time. I don't know what it, 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 it does. It, it cooks things to exact temperature and holds it. So it'll, you s- you want it something done at one fifty. You set it for one fifty, and it'll slowly cook it. What in it does water it, or something? No. Y- in water. Yes. Yeah. And sous vide. It's under wraps. It. Um, so it's in plastic and what it does is it keeps all the flavor inside the bag pretty much and cooks it to the perfect temperature you want so if you want okay. it medium rare it'll cook it to medium rare whatever you know 125 or whatever temperature and it can you hold want for a while yeah right? and it can hold it can stay at that temperature so it, it does it's like perfect cooking so there's no um real there's yes hand you, you're exactly. not putting it yourself Soulless. into it Soulless. <laughs> exactly exactly okay. it does create a wonderful product and a lot of people use them but um, yes, you, you can live without it. So, uh, what what kind of places use that? I mean, is that like a uh, restaurant or just no. every restaurant? Because the time. Factor. Everyone who can afford one gets one. Mm. Okay. They're they're a little pricey, and um, but they're 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 good to have around. Okay. And it's true, you can put it in the water and forget about it, and that's that is one thing about it. But it, again, it does become soulless, like mm. you say. But, but uh, if it's just one element, I mean, you're 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 so creative that if it it's saves a slippery time slope, on Margo. one thing, <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. But so, I'm just saying, so, so your your heart is in everything that you do. I, I I wouldn't fault you if I came in and had perfectly cooked. Listen, it piece starts of out with on one it. element, then it's two, then it's four, then it's the whole thing, and then it's then there's a drive through, and, and then, then uh, Kevin's know. wearing khakis <laughs> and a blue polo everywhere, and he's no longer craving breast milk, and it's wow. all over. It's all over. It's all over. You might as well just pack it in. All right. So all right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what I do, which is wonderful. My signature sandwich is the knuckle sandwich, and not because it was a boxing gym, but it's the cut of meat that surrounds the hip joint. And it looks like a knuckle. It's kind of flat on the bottom and rounded. So I used to just roast it at a high temperature, then cook it at a lower temperature to make it come out beautifully medium rare. So it's this beautiful pink meat. But since I got my sous vide machine, what I do is I put it in a very high oven for about 20 minutes until it gets good and caramelized on the outside. And there's six muscle groups in a knuckle. So I break down the knuckle into the six muscle groups, uh, sous vide, put them in the plastic. That's cryovac machine. And then I cook them to the temperature I want, which is a secret. Ah, <laughs> oh, now we know. So I'm going to go do then, this now. So then I shave no. it. I shave it paper thin, and it's it melts in your mouth. Wow. Why are you so obsessed with sandwiches? You are fixated on sandwiches. I'm not. I never did sandwiches. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I grew that's up. all you've talked about this whole <laughs> show. Besides the breast milk, that's the only thing that got you off the sandwiches. <laughs> I talk about meat pies and arancini. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. and sli- sliders. I I kill sliders. No, there's nothing wrong with sandwiches. I'm just yeah. wondering. Uh, Oh, no. Well, I never did sandwiches before, and I thought this would be a great challenge. So I've done all this fine dining, and what I try and do is put fine dining into a sandwich. Into a sandwich. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the idea behind it. There's really many moving, more moving parts, and it appears when you get my sandwiches. There's, they're very busy. Very busy. Uh, I love that because it looks simple, and it sounds simple, but it's really, like, surprising when you eat it. I hear and a lot. It, and it has a lot of depth of flavor, and then that's unusual. Honestly, that is... That's a great feat for a sandwich. <laughs> well, it's and it, it's difficult, and that's when you have this test kitchen. You do all this stuff. You find out the properties of bread, and when you 
put anything on bread. Bread really mutes flavors. So that's why if you taste my mayonnaise and sauces I put on them, they're very strong. When, if you were just to take a spoonful, it's like, wow, that's crazy. But when you put it on the bread, it c comes through better and there is that flavor there. When you do eat sandwiches, and I do around town all the time, there's a lot of bland sandwiches out there. Uh. So when you eat mine, people get very excited about it. Now, what's your second favorite sandwich in the city after your place? Like, what, where would you go first for a sandwich? My brother's house. <laughs> 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 All right, place you pay for. I don't have time to go out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we did Stein's a bit. Oh, Dan, Dan Stein. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything Dan Stein makes. And he, when I was opening this place, I never knew him, and I thought he was kind of a curmudgeon. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when I met him and I told him what I was doing, he gave me tons of advice and he's the nicest kindest man my slicer broke one time he gave me a slicer till i got mine fixed uh he's the most generous man i know in the city wow. that's yes. wonderful he's and so that y'all are in your your friends and you met through other chefs and and so that leads me to i want to know like Dan is a nice guy. Have you have y'all found that in this city that oh, yes. there's a camaraderie? Very much so. Very much so. Chefs and, and you had I remember running into you one night at Frost Up and Aaron Bergau was mm -hmm. there. He's yeah, he's, oh, we love him. He, yeah. he's fantastic. He's great. Fantastic guy. Yeah. No, there is, and everybody helps one another when you need it. And you run out of things, whatever. Yeah, there's and definitely. Is a that unique to um, our city, or I mean, have y'all not you necessarily found that I, in I other places? I think as the well? culinary community is about giving. And you're feeding people, and I think um, I think in most places this holds true. It was that way in New York and Seattle as well. I mean, you have people that aren't that way, and there's a lot of grumpy chefs out there. But huh. for the most part, it's it's a big community, and they help one another. And there's always chari doing charities and all these things. So no, I think it's very. I think it's this way everywhere. I can definitely Great. agree to that. I uh, just got back from Boston yesterday, and Amtrak lost all my luggage. And I woke what? up in my chef coat, hopped on the train, and wore it the whole time I was there. So walking into a restaurant and they saw me in the coat, I'd get a tour of the place and I interview them and hung mm -hmm. out and I learned a lot about Boston and history and all uh, because I had on the coat. There is a camaraderie and a brotherhood uh, in the whites. Uh, it's a weird thing, but. Huh. And fortunately, you can you can uh, walk the walk too. You weren't just some guy wearing a coat, right? I mean, well, like I didn't have to cook for him, so they didn't know. No, uh, let me ask you, Mike. Do you go by Mike or Mikey? You can call me whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Mike's good, though. <laughs> now, um, weren't you doing uh, some a food show? I, I do. I, I have a podcast, and actually uh, the last episode I recorded was with you, mm -hmm. and it was so long-winded that we took a break, <laughs> and I never turned the microphones back on. Uh, it's not that it was bad. It's just that I never, I, I got busy with the website that I'm doing now. And I'm very ADD, so I pop around. But tell um, us, tell tell our yeah, listeners it, about your It's um, called podcast. My Food, and uh, it's the, that's the first question I ask. And I've got a list of questions that I have typed out, and I have these D&D &D dice, Dungeons & Dragons. I'm not yeah. a Dungeons & Dragons guy. but uh, How many right. sides do they have on them? 16. 16 sided. Okay, because so, there were 20 sided, there was yeah. the 8 sided. I, I want to say the 16 but uh, you roll the dice, and whatever that number is, that's the question I'm going to ask you, and we're going to talk about it until we're tired of it. Um, and that that's one of the things I do. But it's a lot of, you know, why did you start cooking, and what got you into this, and really, how did this happen in your life? What, what did you do wrong to become a <laughs> chef? <laughs> and it, it actually all started with this one dishwasher that uh, I helped 
turn into a cook. I, I said, look, you're my age and you're washing dishes and you seem happy with it, but I know you can do more. And I pushed him to do more. And we were sitting down talking about it at a bar one night and this girl sitting next to us, beautiful young lady, she, she goes, can y'all stop talking about this? I'm starting to tear up. <laughs> she goes, I've never seen two guys speak with such love for each other and what they do. And I said, well, I, I'm kicking around this idea. Would you listen? And I, I, I pitched it to her. And she said, I would listen every day if you made a show like that. So uh, we, we did. And uh, it, it did okay for a little while. I had some Twitter followers that were into it. And they keep asking me to do it. I don't have all the nice equipment or that guy over there helping. <laughs> so the sound's all jacked up. <laughs> Uh, but I, I'm going to get back into it. I, I'm really digging in on the uh, GoPaleo.com website that I started. It actually uh. touches on what you were talking about earlier. It's not about teaching people recipes. I want to teach people how to think like a chef. Mm. And so you can look into a fridge of rotting food and go, okay, that definitely needs to go away. But these three things I can combine. And to me, all good food, all good recipes start in the grocery store it starts with your ingredients where you buy them from the shopping process that's why i worked in grocery for a long time and why i know about distribution i like to know where things come from and uh, i learned all that from you and you should know there's a book called think like a chef i'll never <laughs> read see okay i'm glad you brought that up i am totally ignorant to the history of food i don't i don't read i don't have the time or the the mind for it so I'll kick around an idea in my head and I'll go, hey, chef, what about this? And he's like, yeah, the 80s, New York, read a book, you asshole, read a book. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't help it. Okay, so that's a good idea. That it, happened. it happens a lot. So, But this lot. one, this new thing I'm working on, I've been researching that. Well, I made my people do it. They're researching it, and this thing I'm working on now is new. Thank, thank you for bringing up Mind of a Chef. I'll have someone read it to me. Yeah. There's, there's nothing original anymore, except for your sandwiches. Except your sandwiches. <laughs> Well, yeah. unfortunately, guys, we are coming mm. to the end of our show, and uh, we really appreciate you coming, you both coming out, Kevin and Mike, to join us, because I know your time is precious, and uh, we'd like to give you an opportunity to, um, would, Kevin, will you please tell us about um, the hours and and um, Web address some more and information about Wayfair and uh, Mike after you have an opportunity to mm -hmm. share with us. So we're open seven days a week. Um, during the week, actually Monday through Thursday, it's 11 to 10. Friday and Saturday, 11 to 11. And Sunday's 11 to f 9. Okay. On Fred Street. On Fred Street. Uptown. 45 is 1-0 Fred Street. Um, yes. Uptown Fret, which is an amazing street these days. Hopping. It's really coming coming along. Yes. We have great neighbors. Encore uh, and Hi-Hat are right next door. Rook Cafe, Sarita's, now Public House, That Dog, Midway, um, Mint. Unbelievable. All those array right there within yeah. a few blocks. Origami. Incredible. It's, it's. And we got to see it all happen. We did. Yeah, it was incredible to see. Uh, I won't get into it. No. Uh, mm -hmm. So my plugs, if you want me to Go. do that now, yeah. Uh, gopaleo.com, spelled G-E-A-U-X, paleo.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at nolashef504. And if you find me in the city and you call me by my screen name, you and a guest get a free drink no matter where we are. <laughs> wait, wait, say Whoa, that again? What, what's your screen name? <laughs> oh, now they listen. Okay. <laughs> now it matters. Uh, it's at nolashef504. And uh, that's part of my gimmick is if you find me, I'll buy you and a guest a beer, and we'll sit down and talk. And it, it goes back as to the, my, the way I did college. I played chess, 
And if you would sit down and play against me, I interview you on what you were learning in school instead of going to the classes. I had no want to sit in a classroom. So I do the same thing now in real life. Uh, and <laughs> podstormpro.com is my very, very shabbily put together podcast, and I'd love people to listen to it. Because if people don't listen, I won't do it. I'll lose interest. So thank you for All having right, thank me. Thank you. Thanks. Good night. Our special guest tonight on Midnight Menu Plus One was the one and only Kevin White of Wayfair, and his plus one was Mikey Couste. Uh, you can find out more about their endeavors by following our links on our site, it's neworleans.com. Midnight Menu Plus One is produced by Grant Morris, Margot Moss, and me, Ray Canada. Our technical producer is Chris Keogh, and our director of everything else is Mary Ross. Thanks to our sponsors who made tonight's show possible. Petite Pet Care, for loving care when you're not there. PetitePetCare.com Magic Box Toys. Experience the magic at Magic Box Toys on Magazine Street. Tell them you're a Midnight Menu Plus One listener and they'll give you 10% off on your purchase. Now, hey, if you'd like to be a sponsor of Midnight Menu Plus One, get in touch with us at our website, itsneworleans.com, or just email us at sales at itsneworleans.com. And if you'd like to be a guest or suggest a guest for Midnight Menu Plus One, you can do that on our website, too. You can find photos from tonight's show, check out our blog, and all sorts of other great stuff on itsneworleans.com, including our other shows. Out to Lunch, Happy Hour, Vietnola, True to the Game, and Mindset. And you can, and you can connect with me and Margot anytime by following Midnight Menu Plus One on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. The awesome audio quality of this show is brought to us by Chris Kehoe's Magic and PreSonus Audio. More information about all the wonderful sound recording equipment PreSonus makes is at PreSonus.com. P-R-E-S-O-N-U-S.com. Midnight Menu Plus One is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For all of us here at Midnight Menu Plus One, thanks for joining us. We'll see you back here next week around New Orleans Podcast Dining Table. Until then, I'm Ray Canada. And I'm Margo Moss. Good night. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.